World's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. <laughs> hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. First day of August. I can't tell you the number of times in my life this is a big day because it was the first day of two days. August 1st. Rarely did it happen on a Monday, but it is, is a Monday uh, this time. So for all you football coaches out there starting your two-a-days today, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. A lot of fond memories in that. We're in two-a-days here today as well, folks. I Listen, I don't know if you've noticed this. I'm trying to do it without my earplugs. So if there's a little bit, if this doesn't work out real good at the end of the day, we say, Coach, it, you know, if I had trouble hearing you or if it's some feedback or something like that, then we'll try. But uh, it's just so much easier to not have to put those earplugs in. So, uh, producer, keep me keep me on my toes there. Had a wonderful weekend at uh, uh, what's the name of that conference? Go ye therefore conference. Mike Spalding. Want to talk about that a little bit? So many of you were there. Good to see all. Good 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 to see you there. Good to, it, the fellowship of the saints, folks, is so rich. Oh, it's so rich. It's so good. It's so good to be around like minded people. And uh, boy, I don't know about. You, anybody that was there, I, I don't think I was in one argument the whole time. Really, don't think I was. And you know, there were diversity, a diverse, uh, not racially diverse, not sexually diverse. There were many subjects covered, a lot of different things. And I came away there, man. I was, I was, uh, what's the word? Uh, I was just left my head, but I'll come back to it. Uh, I was really, really encouraged, strengthened by it. a lot of the stuff that I saw, a lot of the stuff that I heard. I'm still in the same position that I've always been. You guys who've been with us long enough to know this, I think we're winning. I don't think we're losing. I don't think we're going to lose, and I don't think we're losing. And uh, uh, people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I think people are becoming alert and aware of what's going on. I think people are beginning to understand now exactly how we have been played as we looked over this two-year shoulder of, of COVID, knowing now that we've been played, seeing that they're going to try to play us again, and that it. Uh, I think the spines of people are being being strengthened. And I think, I think it's a good thing. It's, it's an encouraging thing. Let me, let me cover one thing before we get too deep in it. And I'm not going to go into depth because I don't want until all the story, until we know all the story, I'm not going to tell you all the story, at least all that I know. But there are, there are two people who were at the event, uh, people that you would probably know who spent the weekend in jail, literally from uh, what time would that have been? That would have been Saturday morning, uh, all, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and are still in jail today, and we'll have a hearing. See, when you get arrested on a weekend, you got to sit there. There's no judge to, that you can go for and peel and bail yourself out. You just sit there and suffer, right? So they, they, uh, they've been in uh, – again, I'm, tomorrow when, the whole, when, when they're out, I'll talk a little bit more. But I know some of you have heard, so let me just clarify what was going on. It all precipitated and started with uh, one, of, one, of our, one of our friends being pulled over uh, for, as we later find out, a non-paid speeding ticket, a non-paid speeding ticket. He got out of the car and, uh, you know, what do cops do, whatever cops do, and then going to tow the car. How can you tow the car? Because the person who, who didn't pay the traffic fine ticket their license had been suspended. So this person is driving a car without a driver's license because didn't know it. And so when if they find out that the car is going to be towed, then the things escalate a little bit from there. And uh, ended up where didn't comply and rested, tased actually, cuffed, arrested. And then somebody else shows up to get the car because she had made a phone call. I hope I'm kind of making sense here. And he shows up and 
He says something to the police, blah, blah, and he gets arrested. And he gets arrested simply because he came, he was charged. Are you ready for this? Interfering with official business. They have all kinds of laws, don't they? Interfering with official business. So for those of you who've heard any type of rumors or everything out there, it's not as dramatic other than two of our brothers, a brother and a sister, have spent the entire weekend in jail over an unpaid parking speeding ticket that somebody didn't even know they hadn't even paid. So uh, let me just kind of put that to rest. Any of the rumors that are going out there, that that for the most part is pretty much the whole story, although I don't know the whole story because I have not spoken to either one of them firsthand to know. Okay. So for anybody looking out for any type of sensationalism out there, there wasn't any, there is no sensationalism uh, to go. So I, I want to tip my hat, tip of the cap to uh, Dr. Mike Spalding, what I think was a wonderful event. And uh, just I'll open up real quick. Anybody have any comments? Anybody was there? Anything that you'd like to add? Anything that you'd like to say? Or even this, I got some good stuff. Hang on with me. Even anything this weekend that that uh, you want to share, I want to get off get off your heart. I'll, I'll wait here a second, see if anybody pops in, pops their hand up. Myra, while we're waiting on them, uh, if you would go ahead and pray us in here, Myra, and then Julie will get you in as soon as we come back. Yes, Coach, I will be delighted to do so. It is written. Malachi 4, for behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud ye, and all that do wickedly shall be troubled. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch, but, but unto you that fear my name, shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall, and ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horb, for all Israel with thy statutes and judgments. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Holy Trinity, you are welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, and joy to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. He'll turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the father, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. And I could go on with that, but uh, won't at this time. Thanks, thanks, Myra. Uh, Julie, come on in. Good morning. Thanks, Myra. That's a beautiful scripture. Um, I had the chance to meet uh, Sabrina Warren last night in Lancaster. And, oh, my gosh, her and her husband are a powerhouse. They're running for a state central committee, and they're going to get things done. So. Just wanted to share, share that with y'all. Yeah, Jake, her husband, her, her husband wins by default. Uh, nobody's up against him. Uh, Sabrina's got a got a pretty pretty good uh, battle in front of her against Betty Montgomery, who's uh, she's about like the queen of Republican uh, politics in Ohio, the behind the scenes Black Widow, in my opinion, Black Widow of, of American yes, politics. That- yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. Myra, do you want something quickly? Yeah, I just want to say uh, praise the Lord for all of us. And I want to read Isaiah 12. And the day that shall say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away and thou comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, 
shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day ye say, Praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, the inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Hallelujah. Amen. Naomi. We finally got a chance to watch your interviews with Carrie Mada and um, Paul Goslin. If anybody has not watched those, those are amazing interviews. And I, I emailed the link out to a bunch of people and have gotten some responses that it was amazing. Thanks, uh, Naomi. It was. It was very, they're both very good in depth. Amen. James, come on in. Good to see you this weekend, Jim. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I just want to say uh, changed hearts, changed minds, and changed lives. And when we, uh, when we have deliverance from Babylon, from all the things that we think we know, and we submit to the Lord, we have to go, therefore, and be discipled and make disciples. Church. We went up there. We're getting ready to travel back today. So travel mercies today. And uh, <laughs> if you don't have people, if you don't have a multitude of counselors, you can't be discipling. If you're Amen. going to go there for and make disciples, you better be being discipled. Coaching the coaches. That's right. Amen. Amen. Well said. Betty. Yes, I wanted to say that conference was excellent. I took your advice and bought the the live stream because there is so much information there that you can't keep yeah. up with it. And it's always nice to see old friends, old brothers and sisters, but to make new ones too. And, and it, flowed, it, it flowed really, really well. If you could, Spence, pull up their, uh, uh, pull up our calendar because we've got some more good stuff coming up on, on the on the calendar. Should have given me a little bit more time there. <laughs> Excuse me. The Ohio Salt and Light Brigade huddle. That's at Betty's, right, Betty? Is that you we're talking about? On August 12th. That's, uh, golly, that's 12th. Right, Saturday, Le- next weekend. Not this weekend. And also. Yeah, weekends. And good, uh, yeah, go ahead, Betty. Uh, good news. Uh, the hotels came down to 79 cents, or 79 cents, I wish. <laughs> $79 plus tax instead of 99 so she took twenty dollars off per night. Amen. Awesome. Seventy nine bucks. So get get registered for that. And we don't have it on the calendar. We'll get it up uh, probably today. I hope to. Uh, on that Sunday is when we're having our our men's rally, and uh, we'll get more information to you on that. Chad's got the. I'm sorry, not Chad, but uh, Bobby has the Kentucky Salt and Light Brigade coming up. And Bobby, I, I'm sure you're out there uh, running out of hotel rooms. Did I hear that, Bobby? Yeah, we got five rooms left. It's very important for you guys to go on uh, the site where it's the ad on CoachDaveLive.com and register there. And uh, if you want to donate, we need help with that. But also, you have to – I'm not going to give out the hotel for obvious security reasons. So you got to – if you want a hotel, contact me. I've got contact information there. It's all over the place. Contact me. I'll give you uh, the, the phone number. You can call and get your hotel room at a reduced rate. you got to do it now. Awesome. And then the Wisconsin Salt and Light Brigade's coming up on September 9th. That's 9 11, 9 10 11. Uh, Ray, Ray's working hard behind the scenes. So get that on your calendar. Folks, look, we try to do things kind of regionally. I don't know if you're picking up on that, right? Wisconsin, you know where Wisconsin is. You know where Pennsylvania is. You know where Ohio is. We try to make it available. We, we don't expect all of you to come to every one of these things, but we try to make them somewhat uh, reasonably close so that you're able to get there. And then Bobby's got a uh, in September 23rd, uh, Huddle coming up in Gettysburg, PA, and a tour of Gettysburg. You might want to file that one away because that's a that's a pretty good one, too. Uh, anybody else as far as the schedule is concerned? Anything I missed? Gary's working on it behind the scenes. Jared, we'll get we'll get everything up there. James Pollock. Come on in, James, again. And then Jamie. No, James, your hand Forgive up? Me. Forgive me, Coach. I forgot to take my hand down. All right. Hey, Jamie, how you doing, Jamie? Hey, Coach. Hey, I wanted to give some good news, praise report. Um, I've been taking care of my health and working on getting these bugs or nanobots or parasites, whatever, out. And they are out. Thank God. Uh, my, out of my mother, too. 
we had to take microscopes at home and, and do this on our own. But they're out. Praise God. We feel better. I don't itch all night. They're not biting me anymore. Wow. <laughs> Thank God. Well, there's something to all this. Let me, let, uh, well, uh, good, Jane. Let me, let me throw this out. I ran, bumped in, spent some time with Dr. Sherry Timpin. In fact, I'm going to, uh, we're going to share something with you here this morning about that. And she's, but listen, any of you out there dealing with any type of high blood, blood pressure, heart issues, yada, 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 uh, Dr. Tinpenny has discovered, not new, but up, covered up information. And she started a new, has a new clinic in, in Cleveland, uh, three different places she told me they're going to spread them all across America. And it has to do with compression of your body. Think about this, friends. Most of us spend all our time in the position I'm in now, straight up and down. Most of us do. Walking, sitting, our legs down. And through gravity and a lot of other uh, things, uh, debris begins to gather down into your legs in the lower part of your extremities. I mean, it's, even though your circulation has gone, it's just, it's just, it's a fact that you're, up, you're upside down, standing up like that all day. They have a new, these new compression tables. I'm not, I'm not giving it a good uh, definition at all. That uh, treatments, you go get these treatments, and they, they counter-pulse. I'm going to screw it up. They counter-pulse your heart. And they have very strong evidence that it eliminates AFib, any AFib issues, any high blood pressure issues, yada, yada, yada. So I'm going to get Carrie or one of her nurse practitioners on to talk to us about it. I learned all about that this weekend. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to, go, get, I'm going to go get rid of what I'm dealing with because I'm tired of the medicines and, the, and everything that comes along as a result of it. As we all know, sometimes it's not the disease that's the worst part of it. It's the treatment. And then we get hooked on it. So that was, some, that was some really, really good news. Hey, number one, pull number one up there. I thought this was fascinating to see. The door is beginning to crack. It's beginning to crack, and I'm going to lead from this into what Dr. Sherry Tenpin. Do you guys see this? July 29th, healthcare workers settled COVID shop mandate, $10.3 million. The first, the first domino has fallen. Today, Liberty Council settled the nation's first class-wide lawsuit for healthcare workers over a COVID shop mandate for more than $10.3 million. Class action settlement against North Shore University Health System on behalf of more than 500 current and former healthcare workers who were unlawfully discriminated against and denied religious exemptions from the COVID shop mandate. The agreed upon settlement was filed today in Federal District Court of Illinois. Ten point three three seven point five hundred ten million dollar settlement to the workers for being forced not only to take a jab but not permitted to work. Their jobs have been reinstated at the level they've been reinstated. This is the first shot across the bow of these mandated shots, folks. This is the big news. Amen. This is big news. It says Amen. the settlement approved by the federal district court. In other words, somebody else got to prove it, but. Uh, the court said, whatever is done, you can't, you can't, we know you can't do that, right? And here we are two years later, how many lives have been destroyed? How many people have died, are dying as a result of this, of this mandate? So good news. I thought I'd throw that up there for you real quick. Uh, here's some really good news for you. Number three, pull up number three. This is just for those of you who maybe are a little bit, uh, uh, number three, Spencer, uh, if you could. Yeah. Oh, this is real short, but this, I'm so happy in the Episcopal church in New York, just to show their love and their acceptance and their tolerance and their diversity. They have invited, invited in. Oh, watch. It's real short. It's only a minute. Her name is Britta Filter and she is the queen of New York. Yeah. We lost our mind, haven't we, friends? Huh? We lost our mind. That's the stuff that we're st- dealing with inside the church. Pastor Dale, come in. Then I'm going to. Then I'm heading somewhere, brother. 
if that's not a sure sign of the second coming, I don't know what is right there, brother. <laughs> right there is a sure sign of a second judgment. Hey, I, I see our tongue-talking president in his dementia case of unmemory. He forgot that he had COVID and relapsed and got COVID again. Boom. Oh, it's, 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 I'm telling you, the, the awakening is coming, folks. It's been really, really slow. We've been fighting against a lot. Now, it's important for us all to understand they're going to bring another one in. There's another one coming, friends. Another one coming, whether it be this, uh, what's it, monkey pox, whatever. There's another one coming. Hang in there. Uh, God bless you, Dale. Get on, get some rest from OSA. I know you had a great hey, brother, did you see that 10 people got served face charges? I did see that. They, I didn't see in depth what had happened. Did they, they block the clinic? What did they do? No, they didn't block no clinic, brother. It was it was several charges from the clinic because the videos and even the, the police cam show that they were allowing people. And I said, well, it wasn't the clinic anyways. It said it was a medical building. I said the clinic was inside the medical building. So that's all going to be a, a farce and a wash away. But yeah, then yeah. the first time that I, you know, I had left early Saturday, the, the they confronted Antifa, brother. There was the Antifa out there. The police confronted Antifa? No, OSA. Ah. Antifa, Antifa came down, brother. And I tell you what, I, some of the pictures I saw of these Antifas, Jason and I were talking. I said, man, some of these people couldn't run a block without getting a sweet tea, a big burger, and a fry. <laughs> yeah, we're losing to those guys up here, too. Angie, come on in. Good morning. Hey, that church looks an awful lot like the New York City St. Francis Xavier Parish, which is a gay parish community that was rededicated about 2010 or 2012. They had a huge rededication ceremony, and Cardinal Dolan, if you know who he is, he was there overseeing the entire rededication of St. Francis Xavier. Mm. And so I, I and there was a, a video of him out there, and he was in the you know he was up on the stage, and he was listening to the head priest or whatever he is talking about you know how they were serving their gay community. I mean, and and this priest is gay. I mean, he's obviously gay, but that is probably, if I had to guess, that's probably St. Francis Xavier's parish up in New York City. Amen. Evil men have crept in unawares. They changed the truth of God into a lie. And the problem is we've been following, which leads me to Dr. Sherry Tenpenny's Substack. That's number two. Pull that up. I don't even know if you guys know what Substacks are, but it's a website where you can go and you can, and you can uh, post certain commentaries. Now, I don't think everybody can just do it. But I, I want to say this publicly. I hadn't uh, been with uh, Sherry in, I don't know, six months, maybe even longer than that. Saw her this weekend. Didn't spend a... Uh, a lot of time with her, but had a, I listened to what she had to say, had, had some time with her. And I'm telling you, this uh, Dr. Sherry Timpany. He's growing in her faith, friends. Those doctors are stand up and fighting, man. They are all over it. And Dr. Sherry, personally, I believe, is growing deeper in her faith. And I want to share this a sub stack that she, that she produced. Maybe somebody can explain better to me what a substack is. I don't really, I mean, people write, write things and post them on substack. So this is a substack that Sherry just wrote. So bear with me as we run down through this, okay? She starts it out with Romans 8, 23 from the <clears throat> ESV. <clears throat> but as, as we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Again, this is Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. When you look at the word patient in Webster's Dictionary, this is the definition, bearing or enduring pain, difficulty, provocation, or annoyance with calmness, being tolerant. The last two years of the COVID has stretched our patience to our wits end. Anybody say amen? It's <laughs> uh, stretched our patience. Amen. How much longer can we put up with the unpredictable changes that happen nearly every day at the hands of our tyrannical overlords? We want it over we want the masks to stop, the mandates to stop. We want their control over our lives to stop. We're exasperated. We're pacing and snarling like a caged tiger. How much more can we take? In fact, just talking about the COVID all the time needs to stop. Amen, Sherry. I'm with you on that. I don't know about you, but I've grown weary of hearing every person's story about someone they know who had a horrible outcome from the shot or someone they know has died. I know it's personal then, 
which is as though their story is the only story in the country, like their bad outcome was an outlier or something unique. Every day, I get four to five of these stories on my phone, emails, all from total strangers. They want to share their story with me as if, as if, as if I've never heard this before. I wish it were true. How much more tolerant can we be watching the decimation of the human race and particularly what's happened to the children? Death and carnage from these shots is everywhere. Last week, Steve Kirsch posted a substack about three doctors who died within days of getting their fourth booster. And according to the Masters Children's Hospital, a fifth doctor, a 27-year-old Candace Damon, died after collapsing running a triathlon. Previously, three additional doctors who worked at Trillium Health Partners died suddenly in July. Dr. Lauren Seagull, Dr. Stephen McKenzie, Dr. Jakub Zawicki. It's just a coincidence. Nothing to see here. Physicians don't connect the dots to the COVID shots, even when those dropping dead are part of their own tribe. Two weeks ago, I read an article where the title said it says it all. 33 dead and sick friends since our wedding only eight months ago. All 33 vaxxed. It was written by nationally syndicated host Wayne Allen Root. He says this, it's only been eight months since I wed my beautiful wife, Cindy Root. And in that time, people we know and love have been dying, suffering deadly non-COVID illnesses in huge numbers. 33 dead or injured, crippled or disabled in only eight months. That's a lot of friends and relatives. That's a death cluster. That should be investigated by scientists, MDs, and the CDC. That's a story that should garner media headlines. But wait, there's more. It's important to note, I'm a conservative talk host who has warned loudly of the dangers of the vaccine since day one. So my friends are overwhelmingly conservative and unvaccinated too. Yet the few friends I I know who did choose to uh, vaccinate all are almost all are dead or ill. Here's the clincher among my friends and family who are vaccinated. Not one of them among my friends and family who are unvaccinated. Not one of them has died or been sick since my wedding eight months ago. So Sherry says nothing to see here. Move along. It's just a coincidence. I'm so tolerant of the MSM, the mainstream media claims that the hospital crisis is because we are full of the unvaccinated. Folks, that's 100% lie. Beds are full, full. Sherry's telling you beds are full of triple vaccinated sick, sick people who are refractory to treatment. Beds are full of people who would have never been in the hospital if they had not received, if they had received appropriate early treatment and appropriate medications like Dr. Paul Gosling would have given them. 100% of available beds on some floors may be full, but what they are not telling you is 50% of the beds are empty on any given floor because of the lack of nurses to take care of the sick patients. And why are the nurses sick? Because they took the vaccine. There's so much nonsense going on, Sherry says. Consider this. What happened to SARS-CoV-2? And why do they keep calling it COVID-19 when we're halfway through 2022? We never talk about illnesses caused by garden-variety coronaviruses, which has been associated with the common cold since they were first discovered in 1965. There are 36 different coronaviruses. Within that group, four have been causing infection in humans for more than 50 years. 10% of all respiratory infections worldwide year after year are coronaviruses. Do you guys know that? Where'd the common cold go? Why why does every sniffle precipitate a test? Where did the Delta variant go? What about the flu? We no longer have garden variety flu. And what about Omicron, the mildest in the mall? We were told this is a normal thing that happens to viruses as they spread through a population. They get weaker with mutation. And now we have flu owner. The first time I heard that, I'd laugh, she says. This is a joke, right? But then I found out it's not a new mutant strain. It's a name given to describe being infected with two different viruses, a flu virus and a coronavirus at the same time, and they call it fluorona. Really? When does that ever happen? Does it make you want to scream? We're all running out of patience with the uncertainty of the situation and even with each other. We can do what, we, what can we do to become more patient, more tolerant? We need to have eyes to see and ears to hear. We need to take the time to seek God's wisdom through his word. 
Here are a few verses I found troubling, comforting, sorry. Ecclesiastes 7. The conclusion of something is better than its beginning. The patient attitude is more valuable than a proud one. Psalm 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 135, 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord, and in his word I find hope. In James 5, 8. You too must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, because the coming of the Lord is near. Remember, being patient means enduring difficulty or annoyance with calmness. Well, it started with Romans 8.25, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Just a few verses down at 8.28, we're reminded of this. We know that for this love, and we know (laughs) for those who love God, that is, for those who are called according to his purpose, all things work together for good. I know it. I love it when the Bible uses the word all or never. There's no uncertainty. We can be still and know. Be still. No. These frustrations are working for our good. Learning something new. Learning how to be different in the face of uncertainty. Learning and then practicing patience. Learning to endure difficulty with calmness to gain the peace that passes all understanding through Christ Jesus. Amen, Dr. Sherry. Paul, come on in. Hi, Coach. Yeah, so I'm in a trenches here in Maine, and it's a bit different. I really, I guess I could wish that I had a nice little plush practice. But the truth is, I see an awful lot of folks who are older with the the diabetes picture that aren't doing well with COVID, and the majority of them have been vaxxed. (laughs) So it's fun to be in the trenches with Mike Heath over here but i'll be honest with you um it's also overwhelming and maine's not i really wish maine was like other places but it's it is balkanized from the rest of the country and it's not getting any better we recently had a uh, a meeting with maine stands up and our good lepage who we hope to get in as the governor to replace mills but i mean he's offered things he can't produce to give everybody their job back with back pay. He says he's not going to get vaxxed anymore. So it's the same rhetoric over and over again. Ask my friend McCarthy, Jack. He'll tell you. It's just the same old story, Coach. So, so Paul, listen, I want, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage all of you out there to listen right now, folks. Listen to me. Those of us who have stood are saving many lives. We don't, we don't, see, we don't understand it. And some of you went through a lot of persecution. Some of you lost your job. But there was those of you who stood in the face of persecution and said, no, I will not comply, who have kept many people from getting that vaccination, whether you realize it or not. Because we tend to have a herd mentality, right? We all want to follow the herd. And a lot of times they're just looking for somebody to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to do that. And then that gives them the courage to say, no, I'm not going to do that. And now that we know, as the evidence is coming out two years later, I got more, two years later coming out, that this has all been a sham. It hasn't worked. The people we trusted, the people we counted on, the people we believed in have let us down. And the only ones who have saved millions, literally millions of lives, are those of you who refuse to comply. That truth's going to come out here soon, friends. We're going to see it. Now, I want you to think about this also, because they, they, they asked this weekend a couple different times, what can I do if I've taken the shot? What can I do? You want to know the answer? What do you do if you get uh, bit by a tick and you get Lyme's disease? What do you do? You pray, you do whatever, whatever you can do, but the infection's already taken place. What do you do if you've taken the jab? You live with it. You took it on your own. Because you put your trust in something other than the Lord, you're now going to be saddled with medical consequences. Are you going to die? I pray you don't. You can pray that you don't. But we're all going to eventually die. 
What's the impact of it? Can you now say, oh, can you now go say, oh, Lord, if I, I'm sorry, Lord, if I'd have stayed away from that tick, I wouldn't got Lyme's disease. Please, Lord, I'm sorry. Take this Lyme. It's not the way it works, friends. He can supernaturally heal you. He can. But what we are seeing is the consequences of misplaced faith. It's misplaced faith. We put faith in doctors and in shots and in vaccines rather than in the Lord. Look at how Amen. many churches closed down. Amen. How many pastors stood in the pulpit and encouraged their people to take a shot? And now two years later, oh, Lord, please, Lord, help me. And he's merciful and he's gracious and his tender mercy endures forever. But there are consequences to behavior. Look around at how many young kids were allowing to be sexually mutilated, their penises cut off, their boobs being removed, and then 10 years later down the road, Lord, I was wrong. There are consequences to wrong belief. And even though we serve a miracle-working God, and a God that loves us, he does not always interfere in the affairs of men. When he does, it is called a miracle. If you've taken a shot, can he perform a miracle? Yes. But the Bible teaches us about something called the sin of presumption. You guys know what the sin of presumption is? Maybe you can, maybe you can Google that for me real quickly. Uh, Hunter, is that, I'm sorry, what's your name? Spencer, is I just went across that. The sin of presumption. The sin of presumption is doing something and just assuming your parents are going to forgive you. you. You go out and you drive your dad's car down the road and he's been telling you don't drink and drive. And you drink and drive and you bump into a tree and smash the car and say, oh, well, you, it's dad. Dad will forgive me. And we do that all the time with the Lord, the sin of presumption. I assume he's going to forgive me. I'm taking for granted his grace. It's a dangerous place to be, friends. And there are many, many Christians that are living there and being taught there that that's okay. God will forgive you, and he will. But he won't always take away the consequences of your disobedience. That's why we don't understand. Uh, the sin of presumption. Good job there, uh, Spence, digging in and trying to find. Presum- uh, scroll on down there. I'm sorry. Uh, don't go there. So you can look it up on your own, okay? I, I like to read websites before I get them up there, so I'm not, I'm not criticizing uh, Spence. Thanks, Spence. So, folks, that's what we're dealing with. A lot of you are dealing with a lot of people. You're going to be de- dealing more and more and more with people who assume or presume I can get away with it because Jesus will forgive me. In fact, I hate to tell you that. That's the doctrine taught in the church. Not exactly that. It's just a shadow of that, right? Oh, yeah. Lord will forgive you, brother. The Lord's gracious. The Lord's merciful. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever reach a point where, you, as I've said many times on the show, where my dad said, that's it, boy. I ain't telling you no more. And there weren't no more, there wasn't no forgiveness anymore for my I could not assume or presume my daddy's going to forgive me anymore. He drew the line. And so you better be careful when the Bible says that you are not to tempt the Lord your God. And tempting the Lord is the sin of presumption. I'm going to do this because I know you'll forgive me. I'm telling you the truth, folks. There are many people you know and many people you love who are going to suffer wickedly from what they've done but it was their clear choice to do it. Amen. They chose to have faith in a medical system or a doctor or a government than in the Lord. Now, hang on, because there are some who trusted in the Lord and died. I can't explain it. We don't explain it, right? At least those who trusted in the Lord who died, died believing in the Lord. Come on in, Jack. Boom. Yeah, there's always the situation is always with sin, there's consequences. With error, there's consequences. There's always consequences. The consequences are not always fatal. It's another challenge that we have to work through. So the the other thing that what you said about Paul, 
call Goslin is waiting. There's there's more than one definition for wait. I was talking to a pastor friend the other day, and we were talking about this. Wait can be a verb. And with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny said, patience, the best waiters are patient, right? Best waiters, people that wait on people, not necessarily waiting for something to do. They're waiting on people. Paul is a waiter. He waits on people. He serves. He serves. That's right. He's a server. Those who wait upon the Lord, those who serve the Lord. That's not waiting for the sky to fall. He's waiting on people with patience. Amen. So in other words, you can wait on the Lord while you wait on people, can't you? Yes. You can serve the Lord yes. while you serve people. You can do both, right? Yes. It's not all inclusive and or exclusive. One other thing. Remember that the Lyme's disease that you were referencing might not have been the best choice because the Lyme's disease that we're dealing with yes. is a weaponized form. That's right. And there are protocols that I use to defeat that weaponized Lyme disease. You're right. Not not a good choice, but you get my point, right? I can't go out and drink and drive and crash my car and get paralyzed and then ask the Lord to heal me. Oh, you can ask him. He might, but that's a sin of presumption. That, uh, he'll make me better. He'll make me. He loves me. He'll make me better. Some uh, doesn't work that way, folks. Uh, Dr. Paul, come in then, JR and Jonathan. I, uh, I think Cicero uh, wrote, you can be killed by um, anybody, but you can only be uh, betrayed or hurt by a friend. That's right. I, I think there's going to be a huge onslaught of moral betrayal when people find out what medicine's done over the years. Um, when I look at HIV, Lyme's disease, and COVID, I look at very common denominators of certain cells in the body, CD51, CD4 whatever the cells are, they're being destroyed by the very organisms. So the immune system is being undercut by these diseases and they just prolong and prolong. And there's such a link between Lyme disease and long COVID. Um, it's, it's a huge betrayal. And it is true. This, none of this crap happens without physicians and the new priests we call doctors. That's right. Um, you know what? God bless us all for, the ones that actually believe in Jesus Christ. And they're my best friends, some of these doctors that left left medicine. But the ones that remain and the nurses that remain in the hospitals in Maine, they're not happy right now. They're they're turning, coach. They're they're getting so Paul, so Paul I ran in, I ran into a nurse practitioner today. I'm gonna to try to get her on as a guest. Uh, she was a nurse practitioner who went to the administration and said, Will you stop killing my patients? The administration said, what? She says, I'm trying to get these people well, and you're making them sick. The protocols are making them sick. And the, the, the administration didn't respond, so she went back and she began to tell every one of her patients, don't take that jab. No matter what, do not take the vaccination. Don't take the va-. You know what happened to her, right? You know what happened to her? Absolutely. Huh? You know what happened to her? Yeah. Right. She, she, she said, oh, she's no, on her way to heaven, Coach. That's our protocol. You got to tell them. You got to tell them. Well, she went uh, six months without a job and just recently got one, a good one, with a good doctor, with a raise. And I want to get her on because it's such an encouragement. She's one of those who understood it doesn't matter. She said there was a time when I had 25 cents in my bank account. That's all I had to my name. That's all I had. And the Lord carried me through. But I was not going. I became a a doctor, I became a nurse practitioner to heal people, not to watch medicine kill them. God bless. I'm going to try to get her on. JR, come on in. Thank you, Coach, and good morning, everyone. Coach, the Bible says we're without excuse. Mm-hmm. God created the earth, the heavens and the earth. He created spiritual laws and he created physical laws. Right. They don't change. Miracles work outside of that, but for the most part, we are confined to those spiritual and physical law, mm-hmm. we know them. We know them. Confined to our choices, right, Jr. We're confined yes. to our choices. Yep. There are consequences. Can the Lord supernaturally intervene? Yeah, He does. Can you sometimes cut, cut a new path and make it? Yeah, you, you can. There are exceptions to that. But folks, again, that's a sin of presumption. I'm going to do this, and I'll get away with it because God's forgiving. Better be careful with that one, Jonathan. Then Roger. Hey, Coach. Um, so the Lord brought to my heart Hebrews chapter ten. 
Um, it's an incredible section of that book, which was written to the Jews to warn them to get the Harry out of Jerusalem or you're going to be dead. And it's a similar type experience we're going through. We've had all these doctors, we've all these warnings, and people are dying because they didn't listen. And that was exactly what was going to happen for the Jewish believers that Paul wrote to. So it says here in verse 30 of, of Hebrews chapter 10, he says, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It's not about so much the world. Those of us who know are being judged. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Amen. The rest of that chapter talks about honoring the people who stood with Paul or the writer when he was being persecuted and think about all the doctors that have been persecuted like Madej and, and Tenpenny and others, but people have stood by them in their tribulations. But then it ends on this note. It says, for we have need of endurance or you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise for yet a little Amen. while he's coming will come and not tarry. Now, Amen. the just shall live by faith, but if you draw back, the Bible says, if you draw back, my soul takes no pleasure in him. Right. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. That's what we're going through right now. I so, believe the saving I, I, of our I, souls. I, I believe it too, folks. And that's, uh, uh, thank God for this COVID because it's, whew, it is really, really, uh, it's really sharp. Roger, come on in. Real quick, I think the terminology is hyper grace that's going on out there. But here's my question, Dave. Are you hearing or anybody else in the queue hearing things we can counsel or recommend to those of us, to those people that we love in our family? Is there starting to be any type of program to, to, to do, to guide those we love who took the shot out? Um, you know, I'm saying, is there anything we can do to help boost their immunity? Uh, well, I'll, I'll let uh, talk, Paul come in here in a minute. I know this. Uh, so this thing causes the DNA change, uh, Roger. So it causes the uh, it causes a chemical, an actual change in who you are. So, uh, what do you what do you say, Paul? What do you think? Well, I, I say this. I say, like Dr. Madey says, it uh, it's an incredible. Uh, organism that jesus created and the immune system is incredible it can fight back the flcc protocols um if you look there's a a a jab injured section in there any any doctor can follow that in fact i'm following it quite well (laughs) so i mean if you go in there and you can actually see some of the things you can do and it starts off with like a keto diet some ivermectin some other stuff it comes out every day. I, I want people to understand how difficult this is. Medical knowledge doubles every two months. You mm. can't keep up with it. So a lot of the doctors like myself, we stick to one thing that we know very well, and it leads us to other things. The link between HIV, Lyme's disease, and COVID is unbelievable. The vaccines they tried to create for them, the treatments, and it's all meant to kill us. Mm. Okay, so I yes. just and they're all created, and I, you know, and at some point it's going to hit a threshold, and people are going to be very upset, and there will be violence because of this, and that it's just what I know to be true. People so are afraid. When people find out what was done to them. FLCC protocol. Go to the FLCC, and that's the good start. Lots of great doctors putting lots of good information in there. Amen. Thanks, Paul. Uh, James Robinson, come on in, and Jeremy. Hey, everybody. It's Jamie. Um, the, just tell you how I got some of the parasites out of me was – had to get rid of underlying issues. I had to have a root canal uh, before they would even come out. And I took a lot of different cleanses and everything. But ivermectin in the end was what pushed them out. After oh. you take care of underlying issues, like a lot of times it's teeth problems. 
Uh, so ben, they weren't amen. coming out until that was done, and then they came out. Amen, James. Thanks, buddy. Jeremy. The problem with uh, the sin of presumption is you're not repentant. Mm -hmm. And you're prideful. So, well, Because you intentionally did it too, right, Jeremy? You intentionally right. did it. Oh, Lord, yes. forgive me. Right? It's like walking out on the ice and saying, oh, this ice will hold me. <laughs> no, don't go out there. Don't go out there. And then you fall in the ice and you say, oh, well, no. Uh, we have to be really, really, really careful with it. Reggie. Yeah, I got a question, Coach. So we know that this COVID vaccine, or it's not even a vaccine, the shot is multifaceted. It's not just for one purpose and one purpose only. We know there's nanotechnology that's been administered and it builds upon itself. It mutates the cells. So um, are we treating this, I mean, logically speaking, are we treating this like it's a disease that we're trying to get out or has it already, I mean, come, some of the research that I've done, which I'm not a doctor, but it's um, it mutates the cells and it, it links on to your cells and it splits and continues to grow upon each other. And even if you don't get any more, you've already got some. And it, they, they know Dr. Madej said it does split and it mutates, moves off. And then that mutates and splits off. And that I'm sorry, it splits off. It It's like Hydra. So right. how are right. we going to repair that part? It's nanotechnology. <laughs> It's not viruses or, you know, that's, that's, right. that's my question. It's not just a little bacteria you put in your body. That's right. It's, it's an actual change in your chemical mechanism. You're not the same person you were. Literally not the same person. Clay. Coach, as you know, my sister is in the hospital. She yes, had a, uh, a blood vessel rupture in her brain this weekend, and she's uh, on a ventilator. And all I want to say about it is uh, she got her jabs, uh, I think, you know, at least three of them. But she's been sick with COVID off and on ever since she got these jabs. And so the point of it is you're going to die at some point. Now, whether or not this uh, blood vessel rupture had anything to do with the jabs, I suspect that it likely did. But uh, regardless it didn't. The jabs do not seem to have helped her in any way, and she's she's likely dying in the hospital. So, I believe she'd have been much better off to trust in Jesus instead of the jabs. Amen. So, friends, we have to begin to ask ourselves. I'll get right with you, Alan. Uh, we have to begin to ask ourselves. This is one of the difficult questions. What are we going to do when they do it again? What are we going to do when they do it again? Because we know it's coming, right? We know that they did the first one to set up the next one. So what are we going to do? What are you personally going to do? Now, there's a lot of things that are going on that are crazy, right? Economically, the economy's, <laughs> the economy is teetering at best. And for us to look down the road six months from now, even know what kind of culture, what kind of society we're going to have is really pretty hard for us to do. And I think that we might be heading into times uh, – I heard, you know, my mom used to tell me about when during the Great Depression that under the Christmas tree, they got an orange. All they got was an orange, an orange. And that the kids would take it, they'd go back and they would hide it in their room. And my mom would tell me that they would peel the orange and they would eat one little slap. And then they would take the peeling and they would bite off the inside of the peeling. It was such a pleasure to have. Folks, we're, we're, we're coming into the greatest opportunity for the kingdom of God in our lifetime, in the world, in the history of the world, the opening for the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is going to be more needed and more welcome than at any time we've been alive. So Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. For those who love the Lord and are called according to their purpose. So uh, hunker down, but pray up. Great times are ahead of us the way I see it. Alan, come on in. Coach, I was just going to tell Clay to read that Ezekiel chapter 16 and verse 6 over his sister if you can, man. Ezekiel 16, 6. Can you get that for us, Spence? Yeah, put Ezekiel. her name in it, Coach, where it says thee. I don't know if he didn't say her name, but read that over, over her three times, Coach, in Jesus' name. And when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood... Live, yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, 
live. There you go, Clay. Pray that over you. Amen, brother. Amen. We pray. We, we pray. We've been praying for your sister as well, Clay. Nobody home. Hey, coach. This is Mike. I uh, put nobody home up there, so Google wouldn't know I'm here, right? I'm hiding. <laughs> they know you're there, Mike. Yeah, I, I have a feeling they do. Anyway, Paul's not going to be here for the after show. We're starting to. You've sp- you keep spawning all kinds of good stuff, and uh, he's starting a daily show at eight o'clock for Mainers. But good. for anybody, for anybody, it's an internet show. It's eight o'clock. Gabriel'sHealthMinistry.com. So I'll be producing it, and Paul wanted me to let the uh, huddle know and let you know that uh, that's why he won't be here at 8. He really loves being there for the after show, but we're going to see if we can uh, create an even bigger audience. Cool. You ought to go to 8.30. Give him time to hang in here with us. Start at 8.30. Anyway, do what you got to do, man. It's all good. It's all all good. good. Hey, listen, i got uh, five minutes. I'm going to – I want to drop a bomb on you, okay, because I want you to do some study on this because I'm going to deal with it. I, th- I was going to deal with it today, but I'm not. So this weekend, uh, I was sitting, I had, I had a great Saturday morning. It doesn't matter. Sunday morning, yesterday it was. My granddaughter, Reese, who's 10, and my grandson, David, who's, uh, I think he's six. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. They, they're they just sitting around Grampy's lap, and we were, I was just talking. And, and talk about heaven and hell and what, you know, you're being a body and, you know, you have a spirit and you're a soul and just explain it. And they were following, following along pretty good. And then I, I, I said to our, our 10-year-old granddaughter, Reese, I said, Reese, uh, uh, I think me now, okay, folks, this is me. I don't think people go to heaven when they die, Reese, I told her. And she says, what, Grampy? And I said, well, Jesus said to the thief on the cross, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what did Jesus say to him? This day you will be with me in paradise. And I tried to explain to Reese, and I'm asking you this question, and I'm going to dig in later on. Where do we go when we die? Where do we go? Because I believe, my opinion, nobody's in hell yet. And I believe, with few exceptions, nobody's in heaven yet. When Jesus went to paradise, friends, that wasn't heaven. In fact, when they crucified him, he went three days into the underworld, if I understand it right. But he said to the thief on the cross, this day, you'll be with me in paradise. Is there anybody in heaven right now? Is there somebody in heaven? If ever people are in heaven right now, what's that white throne judgment all about? When the graves are open and people rise and everybody stands before God, they open up the books and they see if their name is written in the book. Well, if they're already in heaven, do they come back and they have to do it again. Check the books either in there. So you're going to get to heaven for a while, and then you come back and say, whoops, sorry, your name wasn't in the book. I guess you're going the other place. What'd you say yeah, happened, Coach? What'd you say happened to the graves? Say it again, Mark. People come out of what do you what did you say happened to the graves? People come out of them? They come out of the graves. Wait, wait, wait. I don't think the flesh does. So if something comes out of the grave, it's been in the grave. Been in the grave. It's in the grave. That's that's what the, you just said. That's what the Bible says. Well, not only that, Jesus, when he showed up to raise Lazarus from the dead, the Martha and Mary, what they say? Our brother's been dead for three days. He stinks. And what did Jesus say? No, 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 no. He isn't dead. Only sleeping. Amen. Amen, coach. Amen, coach. Um, see, I'm, this is what this is where we this is where we call this is where we call division. And I tried to explain to my granddaughter Reese. I said, "Listen, wherever Jesus is, when you die, you're with him." But it doesn't say what state you're in. Would you be okay with being dead and sleeping, and Jesus being like your like your grandpa sitting beside your bed? You're asleep. You don't even know, but he's right there with you, keeping an eye on you. Would you be okay with that? And is, are my mom and dad, are they in heaven? 
Or are they sleeping? Are they in some suspended animation thing that we can't understand called paradise? By the way, I've got a, a th- I don't have time to get it up here on that. I want you to do your own research because we're going to get into this. This day you'll be with me in paradise. And folks, Jesus didn't go to paradise. He went to hell. Hades. The abode. Oh, my, 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 my. So many questions. So, so it really kind of bothered little Reese because she'd never heard anything like that before. And I said, you know what? I don't know about you guys. I went to bed last night about 10 o'clock. And I woke up at 5 o'clock. Seven years of my life were gone. I was here. But I wasn't aware of those seven hours that passed. And if we think about heaven, out, see, there's only time in this world. It's only time here. When we die and we leave, Amen. we're beyond time. We're outside Amen. time. It's hard for us to even think about time passing where there is no time. Exactly. Oh, this is so deep. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get I'll get the emails. And I, listen, just let's just go on a journey. I just want to know the truth. And it doesn't, doesn't matter to you if if you die tomorrow and you sleep for. 10,000 years, and you don't know because you've been asleep 10,000 years, and then you wake up and, woo, all right. Man, oh, man. So much that we've been taught just because Uncle Joe or Pastor Billy Bob told us what we're supposed to do. So we're going to get into that stuff later. Thanks for Steve Deck showing up and for Bob and Tammy Evans who are coming and Ken Wardine who's showing. We're going to do some work up at Sky High next next three days. Just be praying nobody gets a finger cut off or a toe or anything like that. God bless you. See you tomorrow.